Welcome to the What About series. I'm Enoch Fossum, and I'm a certified mindfulness life coach. I'm Austin Ivey, and I'm certified in the basics of acceptance and commitment therapy, and we're both going to school to be marriage and family therapists. In this episode, we're going to be talking about how strengthening our family ties can actually increase our family's resiliency. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us. What about series episode 19? I think. <laughs> Probably 19. Yeah, I think it's 19. Um, what in post? So, the article that this is on, that this episode is going to be about, is called The Stories That Bind Us. And this is by Bruce Filer, and this was written back in 2013. So, the basic idea of this article is that Bruce wanted to find out how... Families are more resilient, really. How they, and not necessarily more resilient, but I mean, more resilient along with how they, why they're so happy, what connects a family, all that good stuff. So what are some of the factors that play into that? And he ran into a couple studies done by a couple psychologists who did a study on a family back in like early 2001. And the families, um, they came to find that those families that knew more about like family history, um, their just their their parents' stories of how they met, things like that, have they showed showed shoed showed displayed displayed <laughs> <laughs> they displayed greater resilience to not just trauma, but to everything else that they go through. They were able to push through hard, hard things. They were able to, I mean, just really were overall happier compared to those kids that didn't know as much as other kids that didn't know as much about their family. So, yeah, like a good like, background of what the study was about. I believe it was specifically about people who had, experienced 9-11 trauma so the attacks on september 11th and they were yeah so this they they uh, did the study on this family before september 11th oh okay and then when september 11th happened then they went back to the family okay so that's how it worked it yeah was a, yeah it was a re i can't remember what they call those studies there's a specific type of name for those studies anyways um yeah so it's really interesting the findings that they found <laughs> is that um the people that knew more about their family history and their like family culture, family values, yeah. I guess, like their yeah. previous from their ancestors, they were more resilient to trauma. They had more happiness overall, like Unique was saying. And um, like we found a Sparks Note version of this article that talks about the findings, some of the basic findings of the article, and I would love to go over some of them. Yeah. And it, the, the article basically says that um, children who knew more about their families and family history tended to do better than other children who, when they faced challenges, proved to be more resilient and able to moderate the effects of stress, had a stronger sense of control over their lives, had higher self-esteem, believed their family functioned successfully, and felt that they belonged to something larger than themselves. That was so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And it uh, it makes sense to me, at least, because... Um, I've learned a lot about my family. Family history is really big, at least for me. I think it's awesome. My dad knows a bunch of stories about my family and 
like his grandparents and great grandparents too. And so I've learned like two or three generations back from just from my dad and his stories. And then my mom is a very similar way. And I definitely belong to that last bullet point where they say that the people who knew their, their family and family history feel like they belong to something larger than themselves. And I've noticed that within myself because on both sides of my family, mom and dad, there was world war two veterans on my, on my mom's side. It was a, he was a sailor just a, not just a sailor, but he was a, he was one of those boats in the Pacific fighting against the, the Imperial Japanese army. And on my dad's side, both of his grandpas were in the military. One of them was a, a bomber and flew over Tokyo, Japan and did a lot of those bombing campaigns. And the other one was actually responsible for the, I guess the fixing or the, the, I don't know, the reinfrastructure of Hawaii after it was bombed by the Japanese. Hmm. He was one of the few people that actually helped put up the telephone poles and fix the communication on the island of Oahu after that attack happened. And sweet, that was always the coolest thing for me to learn that. And then recently I went to Hawaii and I was able to go there and feel the sense of connection to that area, knowing that my great-grandfather played such a huge part in the in the development of that area and at such an important time. And Did you look at the telephone poles? <laughs> Dang. That was my grandpa. <laughs> I don't know if they're still there or not, but... Um, they even have like a, a submarine there, like a submarine museum that he worked oh, on. Cool. And he worked on that submarine and worked on the communications array in that submarine. Wow. And I got to go inside of it and walk in the same area as my great grandfather did at one point. That's and for cool. me, that connected me to who I could be as a person. He, yeah, for him, he had this value of of um, being helpful and being. I don't want to want to speak for him. If he was here, he would say what his values were. But from what I, the stories I've heard, he, he was a hard worker and he wanted to be a part of something bigger. Hmm. And because he was, and I have those stories, I feel that I am as well because I am his, am his direct descendant. And yeah. for me, I've, I've seen this in real time in my life. This is very true. And I feel connected to the world at, at large because of my family. Yeah. And I mean, some of you might be thinking, oh, I was not expecting this as an answer to be, more, to be more resilient to trauma. But it's true. And the studies have shown time and time again that creating that unifying narrative in your family is, is a big deal. And these psychologists that were doing these studies tried to promote having these conversations whenever you could, around the dinner table, when you're driving, just things like that, just talking to your kids about history. And there were three kinds of stories that these psychologists found that were really helpful. So number one is the ascending story or the ascending narrative, which was our, like our ancestors came to this country with nothing. And now look, we have a lot. And then there is the descending narrative, which is we had a lot and then we had nothing. Like we lost it all, whether that be a fire, an accident, whatever it is. And then they came to find that the most helpful story is called the oscillating narrative. And that's the ascending and descending combined, essentially, where you tell them stories of how things were going great, but when things weren't going great as well. And just helping them make that connection that things will be great in life, but things will also be really hard. And there will be a lot of challenges and obstacles that you come in contact with. But looking back in the story, you always want to connect it to look at us now and where we are. And we went through those challenges and were able to overcome them. 
So that will give your children, and this isn't even, this was based on, on children, but this is the same thing. If you don't know anything about your family, like I, to be honest, I don't know as much about my family as like Austin just described. Like I couldn't tell you that much about my family. I really couldn't. And my family's actually really big into family history and things like that, but I just haven't given much attention to it. And as I've been getting older, that's something that's been more like attractive to me is family history and knowing more about that. And so that's something that I've been working on as well. And it's been helping. I mean, it's not necessarily like a, a massive change in my life. Like, oh my gosh, now I know family history. Like I'm so resilient to trauma. But it's not about that big change. It's just about having that sense of being a part of something bigger than yourself. Like Austin was just saying, how he feels more unified with his great-grandpa. Great-grandpa, yeah. Great so World War II era. Yeah. yeah. And like, I don't know if you have any experiences to where like you know have being feeling that sense of being bigger than something has helped you overcome like an obstacle or things like that do you have any ideas off the top of your head i mean it's like looking backwards retrospectively um i've noticed in my life i felt not so like my problems <laughs> it's gonna sound weird because we don't like minimizing problems but that my problems don't really matter in the grand scheme of things because mm. I'm really, I'm connected all the way back to like my pioneer area, like pioneer era grandparents. Like I know a lot about my, my family in general. I've, my grandpa has done a really good job of telling me stories. My dad has done a super good job of telling, telling stories and my mom as well. I know a lot about my family and I feel like the more I learn about the things that they went through, you know, not to minimize my own problems, but to learn that they went through what they went through, like, especially my pioneer heritage. Like I have, yeah. I have pioneer heritage on both sides of my family yeah. and came across the plains of the United States in the late 1800s and almost died freezing to death coming over the Rocky mountains. And mm-hmm. they were in the handcart companies that almost all passed away and died in the, the frozen winters and hearing them hearing that they went through that and that they were able to get through that hard thing. And then I come from that direct lineage really? that I have that within me. Yeah. And even like just stuff from like my dad, like yeah. I've spoken before about my dad has cancer and he has gone through some pretty hefty treatment for that. It's really been hard for him and watching directly like in real time, him going through that and knowing that I'm his son for me personally, that is a, I don't know. It's a reality check that mm-hmm. no matter how hard life gets, it's within me to have the same power to overcome Yeah, as my ancestors did because yeah. there's some gene inside of there that's within inside of everyone, but I have an example within my family with right. stories of how, how they did that, how they use yeah. their resilience and how they use their strength to overcome. And so I don't know if that is specific enough, but I've noticed a lot in my life that I, in my mind, I see it as like a, a gene that's been passed down to me, that there is resilience within me. I just have to find a way to, to summon it. Yeah. No, I love that. Thanks for sharing that. And like, so this is like, we're not saying that your problems don't matter and you know, so-and-so, your great-great-grandpa went something, went through something a lot harder than you. So, so stop complaining. Stop complaining. <laughs> That's not what this is about because your problems are real. Your feelings around these problems are valid. This is just to show you and help you get through that issue. Seeing someone else get through it can help you cope with it better and to push through those hard times. Uh, to to get up when you feel like you don't want to. To get out of bed and go to work when you are feeling anxious or when you're feeling depressed to think back on those that have gone through it and realize that 
they went through that and lived, so can you. Mm-hmm. You can do that. That doesn't mean it's going to be easier or, again, your problems don't matter. This is just showing you that it's possible, and if they did it, so can you type of thing. Yeah, and the research shows that the more connected you are with your ancestors and your, I guess, family history, broadly speaking, the more probability that you have higher levels of resilience. And yeah. it, just, it shows that in these studies and the article that we're citing right now. And so I guess it's a lot easier to do when you're a child, you're a little bit more plastic and yeah. you're more suggestive, I guess, suggestible. I don't know what the word would be for that. Like you're more easily impressionable. How about that? Yeah, That's going to stick a little bit better. Um, and so if you're a parent, use this opportunity to start to, if you don't know family stories, learn them, Yeah. Um, seek out as much as you can. I'm lucky enough to have a an Ivy family history book, actually. It's really cool. Wow, that's cool. And um, like one of the, one of my aunts put it together. One of my great aunts put it together. And it's really cool for me to have that. Yeah. Not everyone has that, but talk to your parents if they're if they're around. Talk to your siblings of what they know about your family. Reach out to to old family members that you maybe haven't connected with in a long time and yeah. learn some stories. Yeah. Connect with that those old family stories and those old family values of what has binded you across the generations, what has mm-hmm. been passed down. Mm-hmm. And then for your for your children, that's going to be all the difference, as we've talked about so far with this article. The children who know their family stories tend to be more resilient. And there's tons of resources out there as well. You know, there's yeah. Ancestry.com, which I believe you have to pay for. But there is a free resource called um, FamilySearch.org, which is a nonprofit free service to use where you can create a family tree for free based off of a database of millions just of... Just a plethora of... Just, Names endless amounts of information yeah like yeah. gravestones names connections birthing records death yeah. records millions of records that can you can connect and create your family tree so you can start to feel connected to who came before you and mm-hmm. it's out there for you to use mm-hmm. and what's cool is that if you find like a family member a lot of time a lot of times there's a biography attached to them mm-hmm. which is really cool like i actually get emails uh when it's my ancestors birthdays like a couple days ago actually i got an email saying it's my great-great-grandpa's birthday. I think it was September 2nd or something like that. And they said, so-and-so's is your great-great-grandpa's birthday. Here, read a little bit about him. Here's a biography. It's like, dang, that's cool. To be honest, I didn't read it because I saw it at a bad time. (laughs) (laughs) But I got the email. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, you you get what we're saying here. There's... There are so many resources out there and you can connect, you can make a family tree, you can learn about your family history if you don't. And the information's out there for you. So I think Austin and I were talking about this earlier about like, what does this show you then? What does this say about us as human beings and us as like, as, um, you know, creatures, people that need connection that can improve by identifying our values and going after them. And we were talking how values, they, I know, act here. (laughs) (laughs) But act is all about um, looking at your values, identifying them, and then working towards them, right? And that just doesn't have an effect on you. They can get passed down to each generation. So if you have a a value of working hard, like I'm sure Austin's great-great-grandpa did, he had a value of working hard, and that was passed on to 
his kids, and that was passed on to their kids. And eventually it's passed on here to Austin. He has a value of working hard. And so you can see how identifying your values can have a big difference, not only for you, but for your future generations. And you will literally make them more resilient to future challenges because of your values. Mm -hmm. So that, to me, that just pushes me to identify more of my values and to live them and to teach my future kids about them and just be a great example of what those values are to pass that down to them and then so on from there. So you have a profound effect on future generations just by identifying your values. Yeah. There's a lot of talk of generational trauma and how that gets passed down. And that's very real. Um, it's within my own family as well. And many people may have that within their family too, because generational trauma is scary and it's debilitating and it's really hard to break. Yeah. One of the, I would say one of the best ways to break that is to focus on your generational values and mm -hmm. to perpetuate good ones and create your own. If you have kids or you plan on having kids or you have influence on kids within your family, like nieces and nephews or like young cousins that you're, that you're close to, um, perpetuate healthy values that you feel and that are objectively good to have things like fitness, honesty, trust, communication, connection, because humans are by design from the factory tribal people we're we're, yeah. we're a tribal animal we're like wolves we're like um, most other mammals to where we need to be within packs in order to i mean survive is a loose term because we can survive sitting on our couch with a smartphone connected to amazon um <laughs> but in order to thrive we need to be in tribes connected with people mm -hmm. and what binds those tribes and what binds those connections are shared values yeah and so you must understand them, perpetuate them, and live. commit to live them in order to have the benefit that we're talking about here. So we always find a way to come back to values and acceptance and commitment therapy somehow, but there's a reason for that being that it's powerful and it's never not going to work, if that makes sense. It's always yeah. going to work in one way or another to help you root out trauma and root out unhelpful habits. Yeah. Within generations or just in your own personal individual life. Yeah. I mean, like Sue Johnson says, we, and we've quoted this plenty of times, shout out Sue Johnson. Sue. She says, we're meant to deal in concert with other people or with like to get through emotions and to, to be able to process them. Cause we have the classic go and fix your own stuff. Then come back to me and we can talk like, no, that's studies have shown that that's not helpful. We need to deal with our emotions with other people. And what the study shows is that that can happen with the living and the dead, in a sense. We're not trying to be all, what's that thing, a Ouija board? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're not promoting that here. Don't use those. <laughs> but you can see how those values from our ancestors can have a massive effect here. And we're dealing with our emotions with their past values, if that makes sense. Yeah. Getting a little deep here. But I don't know. That just gives me motivation to, one, learn more about my family history, and two, to live by my values and to do my best to have a profound effect upon my kids, my other family, and other people that are close to me. Amen. So um, a summary. 
studies have shown that people who are connected to their previous generations and their ancestors do tend to have higher level, levels of, of trauma resistance, trauma resilience, and you can easily perpetuate that trauma resiliency through the telling of stories and the understanding of stories from your ancestors and from your family history. So the time is now to do that, to yeah. start feeling connected by using those websites we were talking about, Ancestry.com, FamilySearch.org, asking your, your family about stories. I, if your parents are still around, it's probably going to be your best resource mm-hmm. is to hear word of mouth from your, from your direct lineage of these stories. If your grandparents are still around, even better, you know, to go back even further because they can tell you about their parents. And um, look for any type of records or notebooks or scrapbooks, anything like that. And that will help you get connected to that, to your tribe, to your ancestors, because as weird as it sounds, we're tribal, we're tribal animals. We we really like them and that's where we thrive. So don't try to avoid the tribe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we hope you learned something new. I know this might have come from left field for a lot of you. I know it did for me when I first learned about this a couple semesters ago, actually. And I thought it was really cool. So... If you liked it, leave a rating and review. Please, we you can go ahead and read that article. We'll link the article down below. We'll link that um, the summary of the article as well. Because right now, the New York Times, you have to pay like a dollar a week to read the yeah. article. If it's your first time on the website, or you, maybe if you're in a private browser, you might be able to read it. Yeah, we'll link it anyway. Yeah. We'll link several locations you can read it. We definitely yeah. recommend giving it a read. And then applying some of the concepts you may have thought about you wanted to apply. Put the stuff in action. Make a difference. In action. (laughs) Well, thank you again for listening. If you made it this far, you are the OG. The Ogs. The Ogs. We say it all the time. And taking us out is the one and only, the great, the talented, Danny D. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy, yeah? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy, yeah?